You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Nehemiah had the faith and the courage to ask the Lord. And when God opens a door, no man can shut it. Likewise, when God shuts a door, no man can open it. So Nehemiah stepped out in faith, knowing that God wanted him to do something. And he asked the king and look at all the things he got. He got everything he needed from the king. Why? Because the hand of the Lord was upon him. The hand of the Lord is upon him. And this should give us great courage to know that we cannot should not step out of the Lord. As a follower of Christ, when's the last time you truly stepped out in faith? It's easy to sink into a routine and feel like you're in control of it all. In today's message, Pastor Dave reminds you that God is always in control. When He tells you to do something, it's always for your good. Never lose faith in Him. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Nehemiah chapter 2 as he begins his message. Man of faith, man of action. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. Today we're going to look at the end of chapter 2 and go to chapter 3. Nehemiah chapter 2 and 3. We're calling this Nehemiah, man of faith, a man of action today as we study the Word of God. Let's begin with the word of prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit which has just ignited our love and our our hearts for you and how we love to worship you, Lord, and how we love to know that we are loved by you and that you pour out your love constantly upon us, Lord. So now as we settle ourselves, Lord, we ask that you would keep our minds focused on you as we look to your word. Help us, Lord, to glean from your word anything that you might want to show to us or talk to us about as we learn this, study this Nehemiah, this great man of faith, and he also was a man of action, Lord. Help us to look at him and help him to be an example to us as we move forward in this Christian walk that you've given us, Lord. So bless your word as we read it, and as we study it, as we draw closer to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we began our study of Nehemiah, we learned several things about him. We learned several things about him. We found out that Nehemiah was a man who cared about his fellow Jews, those Jews who were still now living in Jerusalem. He cared enough to ask his brother how they were doing when his brother came back from Jerusalem after visiting there. When he heard the condition of the people, they were surviving, and he heard the condition of the city, the walls were completely torn down, all the gates were burned up, he was moved to tears, and he wept greatly because of what had happened. And even though he had never been to Jerusalem, he knew the importance of the city. It was God's holy city. It was the city that God had had chosen for his own place. You know, they call it the city of David, but really it should be called the city of God. So God was really looking to Jerusalem. He knew the importance, but he also knew that a city without walls and a city without gates was open to any invader that might want to come by. 
It was open to anyone who wanted to come in and sack the city. So he started to cry. So he cared enough to ask for them. He cared enough to weep for them. He also cared enough to seek guidance from the Lord in prayer. We know that he was a man of prayer. He went to the Lord and sought the Lord. We found that Nehemiah was a man of faith. He had the faith to pray. He had the faith to ask the Lord. He fasted. He cared enough to volunteer to the Lord to do service. Lord, send me. I want to go. It reminds me of Isaiah. When Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple and he was in awe. And, and, and you know the whole story. And at the end, he says, who should we send? And Isaiah saying, send me. Here I am. Send me. Well, Nehemiah wanted to be sent. Nehemiah wanted to be used by God. And he had this heart to be used by God. And I think that's wonderful. Right? I think we all should have that heart wanting to be used by God, wanting God to show us great things, but also use us. Use us, oh Lord. And we want to be that ready for him to use. He had the faith to ask the king. He had the faith to ask the king when the Lord opened a door for him to speak. We also learned that he could ask the king because he had a great position in the palace. He was the cupbearer. He was the cupbearer to the king. In other words, anytime the wine came, he tasted it first to make sure it wasn't poison. So we see an answer to Nehemiah's prayers in verse 8 of chapter 1. And a letter to Asaph, he says, And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. He recognized who was in charge here. He recognized who was doing the leading and who was doing the guiding. And he gave glory to God. Artaxerxes was the king. And he granted Nehemiah's request to go to Jerusalem. And the king gave him the necessary letters. Nehemiah gave the Lord all the glory for all things happen according to the hand of God on me. Now remember, we studied in length that these letters were important. They were important prophecy because in Daniel 9, it talks about when the letter goes forth to rebuild Jerusalem till the time the Messiah comes. And we talked about how that coincided with Jesus Christ coming into Jerusalem on the day we celebrate as Palm Sunday. We studied that. I wrote this down because I think it's important. Nehemiah had the faith and the courage to ask the Lord. And when God opens a door, no man can shut it. Likewise, when God shuts a door, no man can open it. So Nehemiah stepped out in faith, knowing that God wanted him to do something, and he asked the king, and look at all the things he got. He got everything he needed from the king. Why? Because the hand of the Lord was upon him. The hand of the Lord is upon him. And this should give us great courage to know that we cannot, should not, step out of the Lord. When we step out in our own strength, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. We need to know that the Lord is guiding us and leading us by his Holy Spirit. And many of us, including me, have stepped out on my own and have failed miserably. Have failed miserably. But when you step out in God, when you step out in the Lord, even if it looks like failure to the world, you can't fail. You can't fail when you step out in faith to God. Nehemiah was a man who put his faith to action. He became a doer of the word. He was a man of action. So that's what I see as we come into this chapter. Once he was given the okay to leave, once he was given the letters, he moved. He didn't sit around and wait. He he moved. Look at verse 9 of chapter 2. Then I went to the governors of the region beyond the river 
and the king gave the, gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the armor and horsemen with me. So Nehemiah begins his journey to Jerusalem. It's believed that the journey from Susa, which is where the palace was, to Jerusalem took about two months. Two months journey by land. If you remember correctly, the journey from Babylon to Jerusalem took four months. Okay, so this is half the time. Many people have a heart touched like Nehemiah's. Many of us are touched by Nehemiah, like Nehemiah. We have our touched by God. We have a heart to pray. We ask for wisdom. We ask for vision. We ask for plan. We even have the faith. And all that has been given to us through Christ Jesus. We have all that in us. But sadly, many of us stop short from actually going out and doing what needs to be done for the goal of becoming a reality. God has placed something on your heart. You pray about it. You have confirmation through his word. You have confirmation by one of the saints. You know what you're supposed to do. But for some reason, we hold back. We don't go. We, we don't go and we lament about the fact, oh, I should have gone. I should have taken that chance. It, it's happened to me. It happened to me. I knew that I was supposed to, I knew for a fact that I thought I was supposed to go to Delaware. I thought I was supposed to go to Delaware and maybe start a church in South Delaware sometime. I even went over to Delaware and we went all over the place looking around at things. And, and one time we even drove all the way up to Dover Racetrack. And, and we got out of the car and there was all these cars all over the place and, and we were looking around and we turned around and there was this great big truck with all the signs on it that said, Jesus is calling you. And I'm, well, how much more do I need? How much more information do I need? I didn't go. I mainly think it's because it was God's plan for me to come down here. But I didn't do that. I didn't step out in faith and go. B and I went over there how many times? Well, many times we would take the ferry over. We couldn't find any housing. We couldn't find any place to live where we could basically start a ministry. So anyhow, but I, I know what it's like. So you can't just sit around and talk about it. You can't just sit around and go, God wants to use me. Well, okay. Maybe he's calling you in the ministry. Maybe he's calling you today. You know, sometimes we substitute talking about it for actually doing it. It's one thing to stand around with other believers and talk about it, doing evangelism, praying about it, planning it, doing all that thing. But to go out and actually do it is a whole nother ball game. And I think we need to be aware of when God wants to move. I think we be, need to be aware when God says, stop praying about it and go out and do it. I think we need to be aware. God is looking for a man and a woman to use their faith and put it into action. We like to call them fat. No offense. We like to call them fat. Faithful, available, and teachable. Are you faithful to God? Studying His Word. Are you available? Have you made yourself available to you are? Have you been in Isaiah and said, Here I am, Lord, send me. Have you asked them that? And are you teachable? Can you learn? Or do you know it all? Those are the things we call. Our spiritual enemies love it when all we do is plan and pray. Sit around and talk about the great things that we're going to do. God's people need to start doing things. And when they do, the enemy takes notice. They don't like it. Why? Because they know the power of God. They know what God can do through one individual who has a heart towards him. One individual who has a heart towards him and is willing to step out in faith and be used mightily by him. Maybe it's you. Notice that Nehemiah has an armed escort. <laughs> Nehemiah has an armed escort as he travels. Ezra didn't have an armed escort. Remember? Ezra said, 
The Lord's going to take care of us. We don't need an escort. Why did Nehemiah have an escort? Anybody? Why did Nehemiah have an escort? What do you think? He was important. He was a cupbearer. He had, was a special thing. The king wanted to protect him. So he didn't just go by himself. He went with a caravan. He went with all kinds of people to protect him. Absolutely. Absolutely. The important person to the king, he was on official business. It had nothing to do with his faith. And in verse 10, we meet the first people who are going to come against Nehemiah when he wants to rebuild Jerusalem. There's always some who are going to come against you. There's always some that are going to come against you. Step out in the Lord and watch what happens. We meet several men who come against Nehemiah and the Jews as they begin to build the walls. Verse 10. When Sembalat the Horonite, and Tobiah the Ammonite, official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. Interesting that they were interested because they were seeking the well-being of the children of Israel. Sam Ballot from Beth Haran, about 12 miles outside of Jerusalem. Tobiah, an Ammonite, and Geshem was an Arabian. We're going to find his name in a minute. It shouldn't surprise us, as I said, Anytime a work starts for the Lord, enemy is going to rise up. Choose to have a Bible study in your home. See what happens. Choose to step out in faith and serve the Lord some way. See what happens. See what happens. You, there will be an enemy come up against you. Things will happen to try to dissuade you, to try to discourage you, to try to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. But always remember... Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And we don't have to worry about that. So in Nehemiah 11 and 16 in chapter 2, Nehemiah makes it to Jerusalem, and after three days, he wants to inspect the situation. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. I had told no one what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate, to the serpent wall, and to the refuse gate, and viewed walls of Jerusalem which were broken down, and its gates which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool. But there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered the valley gate, and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, and the officials, or others who did the work. So he goes up and he looks at these things. He goes out and he looks. He reveals exactly why he wants to build the wall. I read. He didn't say it at the beginning. And we read through it. We surmised it, but we didn't. he didn't really say it. He didn't really say it when he says, I didn't tell them what the Lord had put upon my heart to do at Jerusalem. So all this happened when the Lord put it upon his heart to do something at Jerusalem. If you read through chapter 1 and into 2, it really doesn't say, Nehemiah never says, well, the Lord put it upon my heart. No, we just see that he had a caring heart. He didn't want his enemies to know. He didn't want them to know their plan. But we also have to know when to speak. We have to know when to plan, when to work. We must know when to keep our mouth shut because the enemy is always listening and trying to intercede. Nehemiah was a man of action. We said that. He was a man of most action. So he goes out at night. He inspects the walls and the gates of the city. Man, the task 
must look daunting. Do yourself a favor, those of you who are computer literate, type in walls of Jerusalem during the time of Nehemiah, and you'll get an idea of the outline and how many gates there were in Jerusalem at that time. It's interesting. The walls were destroyed. The gates were all burned. You know, looking at all that might have discouraged someone. Looking at such an incredible job might have discouraged someone. And we need to be careful. When the Lord sends us out to do something, when we see the task involved, it may look discouraging. It may look discouraging, but we have to remember who's behind us and who's guiding us and who's leading us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nehemiah knew that the Lord had sent him. He knew that he was to complete a task. He knew that he wouldn't be satisfied until the task was completed. Nehemiah had faith in the Lord that the Lord was going to help him, protect him, and get the work done. That's what we need to have when we step out in faith. When things look their bleakest, we must remember why God has called us to a certain task. And we must face things honestly. Knowing this should help us to move forward. Knowing that God has called us to do something, he will empower us. I've said that a million times. If God calls you to a ministry, he will empower you to do the ministry. He will also provide for that ministry where God guides, God provides. He will do that. He will use all the necessary means in his power, which is the greatest power ever, to help you accomplish what he's called you to do. He will not leave you out there stranded. He will not leave you alone. And he will protect you. So in verses 17 and 18, Nehemiah now challenges the people and asks for help. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in. Now Jerusalem lies in waste and his gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be approached. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. I love this. I I really like this for a couple reasons. Nehemiah has the faith to challenge the people. He has the faith. Look around you. Look around you. Look, see what's that? Look how bad things are. We don't want to be a reproach to God. We don't want our Lord to be reproached. This is his city. We want to do something here. But then He gives them a testimony. He gives them a testimony. I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good to me. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. He told them about how he prayed, about how God opened a door for him to talk to King Artaxerxes. He told them how God had provided for him, how now he was there and he knew God. That's a testimony. Testimonies encourage people. When you hear of God being faithful to someone, and you hear their story of how he brought them out of darkness into their into his marvelous light, how he provided this for them, and how he provided that for him, how he did this, and all those things in your life. That is encouraging. Testimonies are important, and each of us have one. Each of us has a testimony. You might have several. You might have a testimony where you first got saved, and maybe you backslid. And then you have a testimony of how God brought you back. And maybe you backslid again, and how God brought you back. These are all testimonies. And these are important in our lives. They're important in the lives of our friends because it's encouraging. When I see something happen in your life, when I see a a praise report, I'm encouraged. 
I'm encouraged. I'm excited. When I see what's happening in some of your lives, and I see your faces, and I see your countenance, I get charged up. I get excited. Because I know God's working in your lives, and that's important. And it does. So, so he told the people, this is what's happening, guys. Look at me, and here I am, and this is why I'm here. That must have been exciting. That really, really must have been exciting. The hand of God was good to him. God, you're so good to me. Mm. And then he identifies with the people of Jerusalem. Though his testimony, he encourages them. Nehemiah challenged them now. Hey, let's rise up and build this place back. Come on, we can do it. Nehemiah is concerned with only one thing. He's only concerned with one thing. And it says so right in verse 17. Let us build up the walls of Jerusalem that there will be no more reproach. With the walls of Jerusalem down, with the gates on fire and burnt, who was being reproached? Louder. Somebody said it. God. Yes, God was being reproached. God doesn't care about these Jews. They call themselves the chosen people. Look at his city. Look at his great city. God doesn't care about these guys. Look at this. Come on. God was being reproached. Nehemiah wanted to honor God. He didn't want God to be the subject of being reproached. And he didn't want God to be the subject of bad rumors and irresponsible things. All our efforts, all our work, all our actions should be God-centered. And we should do all things to the glory of God. Everything we do should be of glory to God. That's why we exist, is it not? And that's why that's why we're still here. Give God glory. Give God glory. Look at 19. But when Sambalat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite, official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you're doing? Will you rebel against the king? Typical enemy response. Typical enemy response. Oh, come on. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know, Satan has a lot of tricks, but you know he only has one or two tricks that really work. All he's doing here, what's he doing here? He's doing the same thing he did in the garden. He's questioning God's word. He's questioning God's care. He's questioning God's comfort. Come on, what are you doing here? Why are you doing this thing? It's always a trick. Why? He wants to make you doubt that you heard from God. He wants to make you doubt that you heard from God so that you stop doing what you're doing and... It work doesn't get done. You need to know that God has called you. And he's going to give you the glory and praise that you need. The enemy will cast doubt on everything you try to accomplish for God. He'll cast doubt on everything you try to accomplish. And one of the best things to do is cast doubt on you. You? You're going to do this for who? God? <laughs> you? Look at your life. Look how bad you used to be. Look what you used to do. Look at all those kind of things you did. Look what you did yesterday, and God's going to use you? No way. No way. Spit in his eye. No way. The Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. God has called you. You have to have faith and believe that God called you to that ministry. You are assured. You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank. 
Pastor Dave is making his way through the book of Nehemiah, a book that follows Nehemiah and his exceptional leadership as he guides the people in rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah followed the lead of the Lord, and it's clear he was in God's will as he prepared to go and received blessing and favor from the king. But once he steps out to go, he encounters trial after trial. Have you ever noticed that following God looks like that? You know you're supposed to go, but when you finally step out in faith, that's when the attack of the enemy seems relentless. You can take that as a sign that you're headed in the right direction. Let the enemy's attack move you to greater faith. We're so glad you joined us today. The book of Nehemiah is filled with wisdom for life and leadership in a broken world, and you won't want to miss a moment. If you've already missed one, that's okay. You can head on over to our website, assurehoperadio.com, to pick up the ones you missed. There's also a link to our live stream on Facebook and YouTube. Assure Hope is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May, in Cape May, New Jersey. If you're in the area, stop by and see us. You can find all the information you need, including directions and service times, on that same website. Don't forget to head over to assurehoperadio.com. There's so much more waiting for you there. Well, thanks for coming today. We've come to the end of our time together, but we'll be back next time with more from Assure Hope.